Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. And welcome back into the Blue Horseshoe Podcast. Ryan Hickey and George Bremer here with you. Make sure you download and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. we got a lot of content coming your way, including a lot of draft content with the Colts sitting there at number four. Going to take a quarterback. The only question is who and if they will uh, trade up. So that's why we do welcome in the athletic NFL draft analyst, Dane Brugger. Does a tremendous job. One of the best draft analysts you will hear now in this draft season. So we appreciate Dane joining us. You're a very busy man, Dane. So let's get right into it. You released your uh, latest mock draft this week. Dream scenario for myself and George. We kind of joke around that we are kind of the, the Bryce Young podcast here because there's not a lot of Colts love towards the Alabama quarterback. You have him trading up from four to one and drafting Bryce Young. The biggest things you hear about Bryce Young is his size. So I'm curious, two thoughts here. Number one, why is Bryce Young number one on your board out of all the other quarterbacks? And outside of size, is there anything else you can point to that's an area of concern if the Colts kind of kind of have some pause about taking uh, Bryce Young number one? Uh, no, it's all about the size. I mean, that, that's the main drawback. Um, and it's not just that he's short or a little bit smaller. He is a complete outlier in terms of uh, the size and the frame. And this isn't a case of, well, he'll get to the NFL, he'll put on 10 pounds and he'll be fine. He, he just doesn't have that type of frame. And that's okay. Uh, you know, it, it's, I think we've become a little more accepting to smaller quarterbacks. Uh, but this is really going to push the limits. And with the Colts especially, we know Chris Ballard has certain uh, benchmarks. Uh, we know how much he loves the traits uh, and with the size and how much value he has in that. But his job this offseason is to find the best quarterback. And in my opinion, that's Bryce Young. Uh, he is a point guard on the field um, in, in, you know, almost quite literally – he has a, a point guard background. He trained in basketball, and you see that on the field with his his spatial awareness, his vision, his instincts. It's really something special. It allows him to create. And it, it and Alabama last year did not have the best talent at wide receiver. Offensive line was very up and down. Had a superstar at running back with uh, Jameer Gibbs, but he didn't usually have the same uh, offensive firepower in that Alabama offense. And he had to do most everything on by himself. Um, he's a very quick-minded player. He processes everything very, very well. Uh, it just comes down back to the size. Uh, and it's not just that he's smaller in terms of seeing over the uh, over the offensive line. It's uh, a matter of he embraces the chaos. He almost welcomes it. Uh, he's, he, he's, if I move and you know, just uh, get uh, escape the pocket, get off structure, uh, that is going to allow this route to develop a little bit more and come open. He that, that's how he lives. That's how he thrives as a quarterback in the NFL. An extra half second can get you killed. And he doesn't have the body type to take a ton of hits. And so this is not a player with growth potential. Um, you know, he doesn't have that type of body type. His arm is closer to average than above average. He does not have uh, an elite arm, you know, in terms of arm strength. Um, it, you know, especially you see that the deep ball, it'll lose some life downfield. But I think it's it's plenty good enough to be an NFL starter. Um, so there, there are some questions with Bryce Young. He is not a perfect player by any means, perfect prospect. This isn't like Trevor Lawrence, where it was just a no doubt about it. Put him at number one. That doesn't matter. He's going to be the first pick. That's not the case here. And it will be fascinating 
to see each one of these teams, how they deal with a complete outlier at the quarterback position, because so much of the quarterback specific things that he does are off the charts, but there are some, some of these drawbacks that we're talking about and how will that, uh, how will teams, especially if a team needs to trade up like the Colts, if they're looking at that, how is that going to play into their evaluation? So it's just a, it's a really fascinating quarterback group. Yeah, we're looking at, I mean, in terms of size, we're looking at T.Y. Hilton here, aren't we? Like, in, in terms of his frame and <laughs> yeah, his build. At the combine, I, I'm just my guess. He'll be 5'10 and a half, probably about 192, 195 pounds. Um, you know, it's just, he's, and we know he's not a big guy. It's not like it's going to be some big revelation when he comes in small at the combine because we know that's just, it's just not a, a strength to what he is as a player. Um. You know, one thing that that I was kind of wondering, and I know that that Ryan had this question too, as you're ranking the quarterbacks in your order, where's the gap? How big a gap is there between Bryce Young and whoever's number two, and who is number two on your board right now? I do have C.J. Stroud from Ohio State at number two, and Stroud is a difficult evaluation because um, from the pocket, he's surgical, uh, very very accurate, sees the field very well. Um, understands uh, how to read pre-snap to understand where the, the weak spot, the vulnerable spots are in the defense. Um, my biggest issue with Stroud uh, for you know 95% of the season was he's not a creator. He's a passer. And in today's NFL, I want a creator. I want a guy that uh, can live outside of structure, that when the pressure comes home and I have to move my feet, I can take the yards if they're there or I can buy extra time. CJ Stroud is not comfortable doing that. Until you throw on the Georgia tape in the in the Peach Bowl in the college football semifinals, and you see him do some of those things, and so now uh, his evaluation is a little more uh, uh, tricky because okay, I've seen him do it. I know he can. Is he comfortable doing that? Making that a regular part of his game? Going back to high school, he's always been a pocket passer first and foremost. He's just never been comfortable using his legs, um, and he's not a a bad athlete, he's not a great athlete, but he's a very functional athlete. He can move. So it's just a matter of what you believe. Do you trust that he can make this a part of his game moving forward? Um, I e Even before that Peach Bowl, I still had him as my number two quarterback because of how good he is from the pocket. And so it, I, I do think – I don't know that there's a huge gap between Young and C.J. Stroud. I think they're, um, you know, they're, they're both up there in the top ten. Um, and then there's probably a gap after them uh, talking about Will Levis and, and Anthony Richardson, guys that have all the tools you want, but they're just not the most accurate quarterbacks. Um, and if you want to believe that they're Josh Allen and will connect the dots when they get to the NFL, uh, then, you know, OK, I mean, maybe they maybe they will. Um, I, I think both are going to go in the first round. Uh, will Levis could, you know, in my mock draft, he had going number two to the Texans. I think teams will look at everything that he offers. Uh, from the size to the mobility to the arm strength, uh, the toughness, the intelligence. There's a lot of things that you look at Will Levis, and it's in the it's in the pros category. Um, but when you watch him on film, you just you wish there was more. You wish he was seeing things faster. You wish he was more consistent with his accuracy. Um, and, and so there are things, there are drawbacks that make you really think twice about it and give you doubt. So uh, you know it really will be interesting. The teams that uh, you know focus on certain things in a quarterback and other teams that look at other things and what they choose to believe and project. So, and that's why this is a quarterback class. You, 
look at one team, they might have a different one, two, three order than another team. Will Levis could be quarterback one for some team and Bryce Young, they don't even consider because they're out on the size, uh, not even a consideration. So it's, it's a really fascinating quarterback class in that respect. Did on CJ Stroud, Dane, like I said, that Georgia game, it makes it so tough because like I said, you saw a lot of great things and I'm glad you were to use the word creative. Cause that's kind of the perfect word to describe what he's able to do against that Georgia defense. But you mentioned for 95% of his college career at Ohio state, he yeah. didn't use his legs. He wasn't running whatsoever. And I also feel like that was a guy where when the competition got tougher, whether it was Oregon in 2021, obviously both Michigan games, he struggled with the question in the second half as well. There feel like, to me at least, is a tendency of him to kind of play some of his worst games in the biggest moments. Is that something you look at and have concern with with T.J. Stroud, or you kind of look at that Georgia game and kind of maybe put to rest a lot of those concerns uh, about whether he's a creator and also whether he can play well in the biggest moments of the season? Yeah, obviously you don't like that. His two starts against Michigan were both losses. Um, but I do – it wasn't – it's not like Michigan scored 13 points in those games. Um, I and mean, it was right. – Something that got away from him, um, and I, I don't put that on C.J. Stroud. Now, it certainly helps that in the Peach Bowl, or it, really, look at the last two bowl games. The Rose Bowl was outstanding. Mm-hmm. Uh, look at the Peach Bowl against a better defense, a really good defense. Um, I, I think the uh, the Peach Bowl is the best game he's ever played in his life. Um, and as that as a kind of a mic drop when you leave college football, not a bad way to go out, even though it was a loss. And I know that that weighed heavily on him, um, and part of the reason why it took him until the final day of the deadline to declare. Um, but yeah, he did things on that tape that make you, okay, like this is, I, I, I'm liking this. Uh, it, it, just to put it into context, first 27 games at Ohio State, he had one missed tackle. In the 28th game at Ohio State, in the Peach Bowl, he had three. It's just, it, it's a complete, completely different than what he put on tape. Right. And so when you have new evidence, you don't discount that. You include it and you try to figure it out. So, uh, you know, quarterback is already the toughest position to evaluate because there's so many factors, so many variables. Um, and CJ Stroud, yeah, there, there's plenty going on there that, uh, you know, get you excited. But there's some some things that make you, uh, you know, you're not concerned, but you are. There is a little bit of doubt there because you didn't see it enough. Uh, there wasn't a body of work. Uh, but at least you've seen he could do it. And if you've seen it once, you know he could do it. And that's something that a lot of teams will uh, rely on throughout the process. Is it safe to say, I hate even using this term uh, at times, but is it safe to say that maybe C.J. Stroud has the highest floor of the of the top quarterbacks in this draft? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think that you could certainly make that argument because, again, he is the most accurate of the group. Um, he is the most consistent from the pocket. Um, I, you know, I, I think that you could absolutely make that argument because I think you, at the very least, uh, like my comparison for him for much of the season was Jared Goff. Like I, I, I think that there are some parallels there and, you know, Jared Goff's a fine quarterback. I, I think he's, you know, uh, you know, almost uh, you know, led the Lions to the playoffs this year. He could be a functional starter. Um, you know, if the Lions had a better defense, they probably are in the playoffs. Um, but uh, could he be more than that? And that's, that's kind of the question. But to, to your point, I do think it's fair to, to say he has maybe one of the higher floors. Now it's tough with, uh, with young because I think a lot of what he does is going to translate well. It's just a matter of can his body hold up? Can he take better can better uh, uh, care of his body and not taking those big hits? Uh, and so because of that, sure, I think you can make that argument with C.J. Stroud and his floor. When you look at the Colts too, Dane, like they are they are a team that you know does have some offensive pieces with with Jonathan Taylor, Michael Pittman Jr., Alec Pierce out of solid year, but they also you know it's not like Ohio State where CJ Shaw is playing with a star-studded lineup for two years in a row. I, the Jared Goff comparison is is really fascinating. 
is Stroud a guy in your mind that does need, you know, better talent around him? Is he one of those guys that his game elevates when the talent around him is better? Or is he a guy, is there any quarterback in this in this draft, but at least of the top four, that you think has the best ability to raise, you know, a high tide raise all boats, raise the talent around them to play up to a higher level? Obviously, it's tough to answer a question like that when we've only seen C.J. Stroud with uh, Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave mm -hmm. and Jackson Smith and Jigba and Marvin Harrison and uh, Igbuke and Julian Fleming and Cade Stowe. I mean, it's just ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. The guys he was throwing to. Um, plus, you know, his left tackle and right tackle are, are going to be drafted in the first two rounds probably this year. Um, it, it's, it, it is hard. That is a part of every – uh, you know, when you evaluate quarterbacks, the supporting cast, I mean, it, it, you don't just discount him because he had talent around him, but it is fair to point out that, Hey, he played with a lot of good players and I, he played in a very quarterback friendly scheme that I think certainly helped. Um, it, it, it that is something that I, I, evaluators and scouts will grapple with every, uh, draft cycle is how do you separate the quarterback from his surroundings and was it too quarterback friendly? Uh, what happens when it's not so quarterback friendly in the NFL uh, it, that there's a level of unknown there. Um, and, and, you know, we've seen, uh, you know, a guy like, I think we don't, people don't understand how dependent quarterback is. Uh, if you're not getting the right coaching, if you don't have the right talent around you, it's not going to look great. I mean, look at, Look at Trevor Lawrence the last two years. The coaching was not great yeah. his first year. And, you know, and he was a rookie just, you know, acclimating himself to the NFL game. But in, in year two, when he has a, a coach that's putting him in uh, 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 situations where he could be productive, all of a sudden it looks a lot different. And so uh, quarterback is a very dependent position, more so than people want to admit. Um, you know, you need the offensive line. You need pass catchers. You need a play caller. So I don't know that I would feel comfortable with any of these quarterbacks saying, oh, yeah, he will, no matter who's around him, he will elevate everything. I don't know. I feel great saying that about any of these quarterbacks. But, uh, you know, hopefully uh, whoever invests in these quarterbacks, they do whatever they can to invest around them. Last one for me. You kind of mentioned a little bit, touched on this a little bit earlier, but would you put the generational label on Bryce Young when it comes to his playmaking ability, his ability to, to be off schedule uh, and, and to just, you know, create plays? I personally, I do not use that word um, with anybody um, uh, I, just because I think it, it could be overused. Now I do, when I look at his, uh, his report, there are elements of his game that I think are, I, I will use the word special or elite uh, because there are parts of his game that I think deserve that type of uh, descriptor, um, you know, whether it's his vision or his awareness, um, the spatial awareness, it's really it's something special. He's a point guard out there. He he could be Steph Curry with, uh, you know, being undersized, but also having the ability to understand everything going on around you and making plays. So, uh, no, I, 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 you know, I, I know it's some uh, semantics here. Uh, you know, I, I don't like to use the word generational, but I think there are elements of his game where you could certainly use some of these words that, uh, you know, best describe how good he is in some of these areas. When you look at the other two quarterbacks in this draft class, Dan, at least they're going to go, you have them uh, going in the top 15, Will Levis and Anthony Richard uh, as well. I think it's fair to say both are labeled as projects going to the draft. When you look at their traits, size, uh, height, weight, arm strength, where it's like, that's a reason why teams will gravitate towards them more than what they put on tape at Kentucky and Florida respectively. 
you mentioned Josh Allen before. I think it's a, a really interesting comp. Is there one that you kind of favor over the other in terms of kind of projecting and being a better NFL quarterback of the two? Yeah, and, and to be clear, I, I'm not necessarily using that as a comp, but but I do think that teams, if you're looking, if you're seriously considering drafting either of these two guys, you will think of Josh Allen and say, well, hey, you know, Josh Allen was, you know, he couldn't make, uh, he, he made simple screen passes at Wyoming look difficult. And all of a sudden, you know, he's right. an MVP level player. And so you think that that type of uh, trajectory is going to be similar with these two guys. Um, I do think that Nathan Richardson has a higher ceiling just because he is a total freak show. Uh, he's 6'4", 235 pounds, runs really, really well. I mean, he's going to run in the 4'4s if he even decides to run. Um, and uh, the arm is is outstanding. There's just so much that's going for him uh, from a physical standpoint. Um, but the interviews are going to be a big part of this, where he ends up being drafted. You know, how much does he know? How much does he not know? And what he, what he doesn't know, how long until he'll be comfortable handling those things. That, that's where the interview process through you know, the combine, um, you know, once coaches get involved in the process, uh, the 30 visits, things like that. That's where I, I think teams will be able to feel better or worse about uh, a guy like Anthony Richardson. I think with Levis, he's been around a while. I think people have a better sense for what he is. Um, and I, I think it's when you when you evaluate quarterback, you have to separate the reasons from the excuses. And with Will Levis, he did not the, the expectations coming into this year. He did not uh, play up to those. And so is there a reasoning for this or, or what are we talking about? Are these excuses? And I, I do think there are some reasons. I mean, he lost his play caller. Liam Cohen went to be the offensive coordinator for the Rams. That changed everything. They're, the offensive coordinator they brought in, Scandrello, he's already out. Uh, you look at losing Wandale Robinson and the replacements they had at wide receiver. You look at uh, they lost three guys in the offensive line and what that meant for that that unit up front blocking. Um, you know, you look at just uh, not having his running back for the first uh, month and a half of the season, uh, who Chris Rodriguez, who's going to be a draft pick. So there are plenty of reasons why, uh, you know, Levis did not play up to his ability this season. But, uh, you know, at a certain point, I know people just not even want to hear that. They just it's an excuse, it's an excuse. And that, that's fine. But I, I guarantee you some teams will look at that and say, you know, there are reasons why he did not necessarily live up to the hype. And we think that with our coaching, he can. And that's why I think Will Levis is absolutely going to be in the conversation. And to wrap up here, Dane, you mentioned before, I think you're 100% right. Like too many times you put a lot on the quarterback shoulders and they do need help around him with the coaching, offensive line, receiver. And so when you look at the Colts, offensively, it was a brutal year. Offensive line took a major step back. The receivers took a nice step. But again, there are a lot of them are young and inexperienced. Jonathan Taylor had the worst year of his career uh, in three short years. So when you look at kind of guys and where the Colts are, if they were to draft a quarterback or even get to number one and take any of the four guys that we're talking about here, how many of the four think are day one starters and would it benefit any of these guys or behoove any of these guys, maybe take a, take a year off, no matter who it is, kind of have this team kind of get any better. Is there any day one stars you think for sure uh, out of the four guys? No, I do think Bryce Young and CJ Stroud have a very good chance wherever they end up uh, winning the job in training camp from the get-go. Um, Will Levis, I, I think, uh, you know, I could see him doing that. He's, and I think it's important for uh, teams to understand that uh, is he better with reps or is he better uh, learning? A lot of these guys, they don't get better from just sitting and watching mm -hmm. and learning the playbook. And that, that's not how they get better. They get better from being on the field and going through those, that live experience. And so I think it'll be different for each situation. Um, and, you know, when they bring these guys in, Anthony Richardson, 
I, he's probably going to need some time. There's no doubt. Um, he, but at the same time, he's going to uh, get better with some of those uh, you know, live fire uh, type of situations. So it, it will be interesting where uh, Levis and Anthony uh, Richardson end up. What's the quarterback situation? Uh, I, regardless of the situation, hopefully they have a veteran there where you're not going to force a guy to be on the field if he's not ready. He can You can develop him at your own pace. Hopefully you just have a plan and you're not predetermining that plan where, okay, we want this rookie on the field by week six, by the end of the year, whatever. Don't, don't predetermine it. That's what training camp's for. Draft your, the guy, whatever quarterback you have a high grade on, draft him, bring him to camp, figure it out in training camp. Um, and, you know, the, the Colts are in a very interesting situation with the offensive line, the way things are, you, you know, they need to make some upgrades there. Uh, you want to see them get better uh, in terms of the skill position. So uh, the Colts, this is going to be a very big offseason, obviously, for uh, Chris Ballard and crew. So uh, it'll be fun to see that what direction they end up going. It's going to be a, a very busy time between now and the draft, just about four months or so. So make sure you check Dane's workout at The Athletic. His latest mock draft is out. Uh, and also The Beast, one of the best, the best draft guide on the market. He will be out soon, which is deep dive, not just of the quarterbacks, but hundreds, hundreds of players out the draft that the Colts could be taking later on the round. So, Dane, you're going to be a very busy man here the next few months. Really do appreciate the time. Any Anytime, guys. Thanks. Thanks a lot, Dane. The Beast is worth the athletic subscription yeah, alone. It's I mean, just, just that alone. I appreciate that. I, a lot goes into it, so I, I, I tend to agree with you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, best of luck again. Great job, and thanks so much for, uh, for giving us a few minutes here. I appreciate it. Thanks, guys.